Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about defining joy. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about what it means to be joyful. And this is important to understand for Christians because joy is not optional for us. The Bible is clear. Christians should be a people who rejoice, a people who should be known for their joy. That's not ordinarily how we think about joy. Joy is something that's the nice result of something. Joy is our end goal, but we don't ordinarily think of joy as an ingredient that contributes to a result. But God says joy is both. It is the result of our salvation, but it is also an essential component of our salvation. It is how we weather the storms of our lives. Joy is commanded all throughout the Bible. For God's nation under the old covenant, scripture commands, let Israel rejoice in their maker, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. In Psalm 149.1. Or Psalm 97.12 says, Light shines on the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, and praise his holy name. In fact, even beyond Israel, God has always wanted all of his creation to rejoice and praise him. Psalm 67.4 says, May the nations be glad and sing for joy. And we can spend all day looking at God's repeated command for his people to be glad and joyful throughout the Psalms and the Old Testament. And that ancient command remains binding today. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Or as Luke wrote it, leap for joy. And in Luke 10, 20, he says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We cannot be Christians without being filled to the brim with joy. It is essential for us. Even in the most painful losses and sufferings we face in this life, we are to be joyful. 1 Peter 1, 6 says, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, these have come so that you, the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Christian joy sustains us in every circumstance. When we are grieving, we rejoice. When we are persecuted, we rejoice. When we hurt, we rejoice. Not because we're masochists, but because those sufferings give us the opportunity to present the genuineness of our faith. All of this is temporary, but our joy will result in praise and glory and honor when Christ returns. I want to look closely at verse 8 because that's where Peter says, You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The end result of our faith is the salvation of our souls. It is not necessarily happiness or contentment or peace. Those are just the byproducts of salvation. They are ingredients of salvation. 
So joy is less of something that we receive from God as a gift once we decide to become a Christian and more of something we do, just like we decide to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Joy is not really a feeling we get, but an action we take. Galatians chapter 5 tells us that joy is something that the Spirit works inside of us to produce. That's why uh, we are able to move from our ordinary state without joy to being filled with joy. But to produce any of the fruits mentioned there in Galatians chapter 5, the Spirit needs a willing and active partner. The Spirit cannot make us love if we are not willingly and actively striving to love others. He can't make us peaceful if we don't pursue peace. He can't make us forbearing if we refuse uh, to forbear, if we're stubborn, and so on. Likewise, the Holy Spirit cannot produce the fruit of joy unless we're on board. Rejoicing is our decision. It should go hand in hand with our faith, but we can't expect joy to just appear out of thin air. We have to work at it. It's not always easy to rejoice greatly while we suffer grief and all kinds of trials. That isn't our default setting. James chapter 1 as that passage where he writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I find it interesting that James doesn't write, You already consider it pure joy, or God will make you consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. No, this is an exhortation from James. James says we need to strive to consider everything in life, the good and the bad, pure joy, because if we aren't trying to rejoice, it won't just happen naturally most of the time. God commands us to be joyful people, and rejoicing requires our effort. Now, to hear that joy is not optional gives me some promise and hope. If God says that joy is essential, then that must mean that joy is possible. If this is what's required for me, and if God is as fair of a God as I believe him to be, then surely joy is attainable for me. As grim and hopeless as life can be sometimes, that's a gospel in itself. Paul wrote over and over about the possibility of joy. In his list of exhortations to build one another up in Romans chapter 12, he said to be joyful and hope and rejoice with those who rejoice. To the Thessalonians, Paul wrote, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all holding on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body become blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. To the Philippians, Paul wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice in Philippians 4.4. 4. You know, joy is integral to who we are and it's integral to our service to God. And that means if we can come close to God, we can in fact have joy. That of course doesn't mean that it will always seem like we have a reason on the surface to rejoice. Romans chapter 12 also says to mourn with those who mourn. And 2 Corinthians 6, 9 says, uh, we are known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. So for Christians, 
It's not that we have nothing to be sorrowful about, but that in Christ, we can rejoice even through the pain, even through the hurt of this life. As Peter wrote, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even with the refining of fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Our joy may waver sometimes. We will stumble in our rejoicing. There are times when Christians feel the weight of sin in this world, and it hurts, and, and we uh, have trouble rejoicing in those times. Jesus felt this weight too. Romans tells us that, in fact, the whole creation groans under its present condition. Even still, God tells us that through this life, joy is not optional. I am commanded to rejoice even when it's hard. But when we recognize what true joy is, that it's not just a feeling that we receive from God, but an action that we can make through God, and when we rely on the Spirit as we strive to take that action, we can rejoice in the Lord always. Peter concludes, though you have not seen Christ, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I hope that you can foster that kind of joy in your life. And I know you can through the Spirit. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually using the Word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday so you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.